0: I want to pause a minute and uh, mention a few things and hand out a couple of attaboys and attagirls. First of all, thank you to everyone that came out yesterday morning and cleaned outside and inside. Thank you so much for that. And I don't know about you guys that weren't here, but when you showed up this morning, you could tell the difference, couldn't you? And they put a lot of hard work into it. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Also... um, if you're not aware, this past Friday was the annual meeting of our Brunswick Baptist Association. Uh, if you're not familiar with Southern Baptist Life or how we do things, we voluntarily affiliate with a local association of churches, in this case the Brunswick Baptist Association, with the State Convention of Churches, and also with the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, every year we have an annual meeting of the, Southern, of the Brunswick Baptist Association as we do the State Convention. Kim and I will be going to that in November, and then the Southern Baptist Convention in June. Now, I said all that to say that, first of all, First Baptist Church was recognized this past Friday for our 185th anniversary as a church. Is that not cool? Yeah. Good for you. And remember, you live in a legacy of faith. You live in a legacy of faith. The, The believers that banded together and started this church as Chapel Hill Church Hundred eighty five years ago, we are in their spiritual lineage, their spiritual bloodline. Uh, So keep that in mind always. We we stand on their shoulders. We serve in their legacy. I also want to pause and thank Brother Robert Ball. I don't know if Brother Ball Robert is here. If you are, wave. Not here. That's okay. He is faithful to uh, be our representative at the Brunswick Association meetings, both the quarterly meetings and the annual meetings. So. Thank you, Brother Robert, wherever you are. He is likely speaking at a church as a Gideon this morning, most likely, right, Kelly? That's typically the only reason he would be away is that he's speaking at a church as a Gideon. Brother Robert serves the Lord in so many capacities, and I wanted you to know that he serves First Baptist Church by representing us faithfully at those meetings. So give him a an boy when you see him. Or give him a call today and just give that to him. Also, I want to let you know that as we uh, are returning from COVID and, and here and there making adjustments as we go along, we're going to return the, today to a pre-COVID practice, uh, which we've been away from for a while, but which you will find familiar right away this morning, following our time of response. Uh, our Deacon of the Week this morning, uh, Gary Galloway, will come to give our closing prayer, and I will exit, as I did back in the day, to the door uh, to see your smiling faces as you depart on your way out. Now, let me say up front, uh, I love to shake hands. I'm fine with shaking hands if you're not, you're not wanting to, to, to linger or to shake hands. And maybe it's, you know, COVID hasn't gone away, but neither has the flu. So if you're, not, if you're not wanting to shake hands, that's all right. Fist bump or just pass on by. I won't take it personally. God bless you. I love you anyway. Okay? I wanted to let you know we're, we're, uh, we're, we're putting that little practice back in. Place We are rounding the bend and on the home stretch here. A few more weeks to go in our message series, A Legacy of Heroes, from the book of Hebrews and chapter 11. Turn there, find your place with me. Hebrews chapter 11. And just hold your place there for just a minute. Life is a series of choices. Life is a series of decisions. And the decisions we make will impact the next decisions we make. And the Bible teaches that Our first primary, ultimate decision of faith, the most important decision of faith a person can ever make, is that decision to trust Christ as their Savior, to realize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I cannot save myself, and Jesus died on the cross for me, and I put all my faith in Christ, His death on the cross. He died for my sins. God raised Him from the grave so I could have eternal life. When we realize that, We repent of our sins and trust Christ as our Savior. That's the first decision of faith. Now, understand, people believe in God and believe God exists, but that's not the same thing as making that decision of faith to put your trust in Christ and saying, Jesus is God and He is my Savior. And after that step of faith, your life is lived in a practice of faith. Uh, you make choices based on faith. And nearly every choice you make, especially choices for the future and choices for serving God and and choices for what you're going to do in your life, uh, those choices reflect your faith. They reflect what you believe about God and His character. And God is constantly challenging you and me with the question, do you trust me? Will your next choice reflect the fact that you trust God for what you cannot see? Will you trust God that he knows more than you do? Will you trust his character that he loves you more than you could even imagine? Uh, last week, we stepped out of Hebrews chapter 11. Two weeks ago, you'll recall, we went through a few verses that in rapid-fire succession, we met three great men of faith from the book of Genesis, and each one, we were told, by faith, made a major decision to practice a legacy of faith, to invest faith in the next generation. The last one we looked at was Joseph. Joseph, by faith, told uh, those who would come after him to take his bones, he would die in Egypt, to take his bones out of Egypt and to bury them in the promised land. Why? Because he was not a resident of Egypt. Egypt was not his home, even though he'd lived there nearly all his life. His home was the home God had promised him. So with eyes of faith, he said, take me home. When you go, Now the book of Hebrews picks up with the next part of the journey of the people of God. Instead of a few people in rapid fire succession, we're going to pause and look into the life of one particular person of faith who shaped our legacy of faith in dramatic ways, shaped Christianity, shaped everything that we believe by the way he trusted God and the way that God used him. That man is Moses. Uh, Moses' story picks up in verse 23, and like all of the stories in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, the Bible in Hebrews 11 is giving us a summary interpretation of the events of the life of Joseph. There's no effort here to explain all of Joseph's life, uh, excuse me, Moses' life, and detail everything Moses did. Instead, the writer is bringing out for us specific aspects that showed he made choices of faith that his decisions, his choices were based on his faith in God for what he could not see. What's interesting about this is we also are only privy to those early decisions, the ones that took place in Egypt where Moses was called of God to go back and bring out the people of God in the Exodus. The writer doesn't extend the story farther in Egypt, he just gives us a summary of, with, with these verses cataloging the great faith of Moses as he led the people out of Egypt and the decisions, the choices he made that came to that. What we're going to zero in on this morning is a basic truth that we need to keep in mind when we talk about following God in faith. As we sang a little while ago, as the Apostle Paul teaches, we live by faith, not by sight. Uh, we live trusting the one that has called us to trust Him, trusting Him for what we cannot see. And there's a fundamental truth here, and that's that our choices help us step by step trust God more in what we cannot see. And we can cultivate a life of choices. We can cultivate decisions by faith that build on one another and help us more and more trust God for what we cannot see. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23 Hebrews chapter 11 and 20, verse 23 <clears throat> The Bible says by faith Moses after he was after he had been <clears throat> excuse me by faith Moses after he was born was hidden by his parents for 3 months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict by faith Moses when he had grown up refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter And chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. When the Egyptians attempted to do that, they were drowned. The Bible zeroes in on this portion of the life of Moses to remind us that we can cultivate choices, cultivate choices we make by faith that more and more we can trust God for what we do not see. The actor Robert Pattinson Recently did another interview in March. He is now the new Batman because we need another one. And I I have to insert here, I don't know if it occurs to all these actors that play Batman that they don't keep playing Batman. That it's kind of a short-term gig, if you know what I mean. But anyway, he's the new Batman. So he was interviewed by a magazine in March that asked him about his career. Now, if you're not familiar with Robert Pattinson, uh, he rose to fame as Edward the Vampire in the Twilight series. Also, a questionable choice, and a choice, by the way, which he says to this day he hated playing that part, despised the part. But it made him wealthy, gave him a name, and put him in the mainstream of Hollywood where he could get, make, get other parts, make other choices. So the interviewer asked him about those choices along the way. He's had a few good ones, he's had a few terrible flops along the way some movies we've never even heard of that he's made he's embarrassed by now and now he's the new batman so the question is how do you make your choices mr pattinson how do you decide what parts you're going to take and his answer was i don't know i just hope for the best that's not a plan that's a concession When you follow God and you trust God for what you cannot see, you're trusting God's character, and God has a plan. There's a big difference. You don't have to just, well, I hope this works out. No, if you know God's word, you trust his word and his will, you trust his character, he has a plan, and his objective is to lead you into that plan. And then you make choices based on your faith in him, and you can cultivate a lifestyle of trusting God for what you do not see. Choice builds upon choice. That's what happens in the life of Moses. I want us to go back to the story of Moses as it is embedded in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 11 for just a minute, and I want you to see with me uh, three choices you make by faith that will help you cultivate a lifestyle of faith, that will help you cultivate faith for the long term. Now, it's important to understand these are not one-time events. You don't make these choices of faith just one time. Uh, God calls upon you consistently through your life to trust His character, to trust His plan, to trust Him for what you cannot see. And He will guide you. And when you make these choices consistently, and you'll be challenged consistently through your life to make these three choices, each time you do, God brings you to where you get to see Him work. And we see that in the life of Moses because Moses made these choices by faith God brought him to a point where he could see God work to a point, in fact, where there was no way for him to even think it was him at work. There was no way for him to wonder if God was doing it. He had to trust God for what he couldn't see. He had to trust God for everything that was in front of him. And that's when he got to see God do some of the greatest work we have recorded in the Bible. How can you make choices that cultivate faith to trust God for what you cannot see. Look at this with me. First of all, the first choice, by faith choose to stand apart. By faith choose to stand apart. And Moses' parents invested in him a legacy of faith, much like we've talked about in this series. So they opened the story. What we are told is, and this is recorded in the book of Exodus, the Pharaoh of Egypt became worried that the population of Israelites in Egypt was so great, he was worried that they would eventually foster an army, that there would be a, an uprising in Egypt. Uh, so he issued an edict to have uh, the infant boys killed. Now what we're told is Moses' parents looked upon Moses, and as we read it, they saw that he was beautiful. Now, the term translated beautiful is, is difficult for us to render in English from the ancient language, but what it refers to is not so much his appearance as what they regarded as the hand of God on his life. They looked at him and realized he was special. He stood out. So at that moment, they made a, a decision by faith to stand apart, to, not to comply with the king's edict or the culture. They made a decision to save their son who clearly God had his hand on. So the Bible says they they protected him for three months. Then they made a choice as the book of Exodus records uh, to send him down the Nile when Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. So the maidens of Pharaoh's daughter would capture him out of the water, would collect him up. She loved him right away. She took him into her home to be raised as a prince of Pharaoh. And then Moses' mother volunteered to nurse the child in Pharaoh's household. We don't have all of that in Hebrews. What we do have is the point that they gave Moses a legacy of faith that began with a decision to stand apart. They refused to comply because they knew God was at work. Don't misunderstand this to mean that we should invoke an uprising. This is not a political statement. This is about faith. It's about seeing God at work and choosing to go with God instead of the culture. And the next thing we learn is that's exactly what Moses did. He grew up in that legacy of faith. And we're told when he had grown up, he made a decision, specifically a choice, the Bible says. And that choice was not to devote himself to the materialism and sin of being an Egyptian prince. He had grown up in the comfort and the luxury of Egypt in the household of the king, but one day he said, that's not me. If I'm going to follow my God, I'm not an Egyptian, I'm an Israelite. He aligned himself with his own people, he did it by faith, and decided at that time that even if he suffered reproach, as we read it, even if he suffered for the fact that he was serving the one true God, He would serve God rather than stay in Egypt as an Egyptian. Now notice what he's done. He's still in Egypt. He's chosen not to live as an Egyptian in Egypt, but to live as an Israelite in Egypt. Therefore, suffer reproach. Therefore, suffer ridicule. Therefore, even suffer harm. But he chose to align himself with God's people, not with the Egyptians in Egypt. So here's a problem for believers, for all Christians everywhere. And we see this all the time. We want the things of Egypt while calling ourselves Christians. Moses realized he could not live any longer like an Egyptian, even if he was in Egypt, if he wanted to follow God. Boy, that hits home, doesn't it? So many believers today say, no, it's okay. I can live like an Egyptian and still follow God. We we don't want to stand apart. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to be different. And and more so than that, we want the things of the world. We want the things of the world, even if it means sin. And Moses realized his his addiction to the materialism of of Egypt was his sin, and, and he had to stand apart from that. Yours may be something else. And God said, this is the reason you've never gone forward. This is the reason nothing has changed because you still think you can live as an Egyptian and yet follow Christ. We're going to be in Egypt. We are. Just like Daniel was in Babylon. This is our Egypt. We are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And at some point, if you want to trust God for what you cannot see, you must make that decision. I will stand apart and I will follow Christ. That's what I'll do. It's a decision of faith, the Bible says. In verse 26, the writer of the Hebrews gives us a little bit of interpretation on this. He says, For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. Here's what what Moses did. He stopped looking at the wealth of Egypt and started looking at Christ and the reward for following Christ. Now, did he know Jesus by name? No, but the God he followed is the God we followed, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. The word translated considered, for he considered, is a different word than we read when we were talking about Abraham. You remember Abraham considered that God could raise the dead. Remember that? And the term there meant that he reasoned it out. Based on God's character and God's promise, Abraham reasoned out that God, if he was telling him to sacrifice his son, would raise Isaac from the dead. This is a different word translated from the ancient language as considered in English. This particular word means this is how he regarded it. That is to say, okay, if I'm a follower of God, this is what it means to follow God. The same idea is in Philippians chapter 2, When we're told that the Son of God considered being God, regarded being God, to mean that he would leave his glory and be incarnate in a man. In other words, being God for Jesus, for the Son of God, did not mean clinging to his glory and refusing to die for our sins. No, the Son of God had a conversation with the Father and the Holy Spirit and said, this is what I consider it means to be their God. I will go to earth and die on the cross for them. Same idea here. This is what Moses considered it meant to follow Christ, to follow the God of the Israelites. I must stand apart and keep my focus on the outcome, the reward that God has for me, because when I leave Egypt, I probably won't get that reward here. When I decide to stand apart, when I decide to stop living like an Egyptian, Even if I'm still in Egypt, I won't live like an Egyptian. That reward is up ahead. So the first thing to do, by faith, if you want to see God work in your life, if you want to cultivate a lifestyle of living by faith, choose to stand apart. Choose to stand apart. Second, choose to move forward. Choose to move forward. See, with God, standing apart doesn't mean standing still. God is a very proactive God. When God calls you out and you say, I'm letting go, I'm, I'm loosening the, 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 my, my grip on the things of this world, on the things of this life. Uh, and See, right there, Moses had simply thought, I'm going to live in Egypt, but I'm not going to live like an Egyptian. I'm going to live like an Israelite. God had other things in mind. God called him up. God decided it was time for him to move forward in faith, to grow and to learn bouncing off of verse 26, at the end of verse 26, we learn he was looking ahead to the reward. So verse 27 starts this way, by faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. He was looking for the reward, now he's actually looking by faith at God. And because he looked by faith at God, He was able to leave Egypt behind. He was able to move forward in faith to do the things that God wanted him to do. He he was no longer tied to the materialism and the sin of Egypt. Now he was liberated. Now he was set free. Now he could move forward. And that decision by faith to look ahead to who God was, to look ahead to that reward, instilled in him three powerful character traits and trusting God for what he could not see. First was courage. Suddenly he was not afraid of the king. He was not afraid of the king, and he spread that courage, just like his parents did. He spread that courage to everyone around him, to everyone who heard him. He was willing to, to stand up to the Pharaoh, and he was willing to call on God's people to follow him out of Egypt. Courage. That's one of the main reasons that we don't loosen our grip on the things of Egypt. We're afraid. We're afraid of the Egyptians. We're afraid of losing out, not being noticed, being passed over, not getting what we want. We're afraid. But when you choose to trust God for what you cannot see and you just say, I'm going to trust God to move forward in whatever God wants me to do, it builds that courage. And notice, second, perseverance. Perseverance. The term translated perseverance means Endure in all things. From that point forward in his life, Moses had made the decision he would endure, he would persevere. Walking with his God, he would not stop, he would not give up, he would always go forward. There was no obstacle, there was no trial, there was no suffering, there was no heartache, there was no difficulty, there was no fear that could stop him from trusting his God. You know, the funny thing about perseverance, you know, the only way to build a character trait called perseverance is to have struggles you have to persevere through. Do you know that? And some of you sitting in this room right now, I know you, and I know. With God, you're persevering. You persevered in the past. Some of you, you're persevering right now. Why? Because you trust Him. You believe in Him. It's not about your character, how great you are, how strong you are. It's about Him. You trust Him for the future, for what you cannot see. And that's the third character trait built into Moses. Focus on God. The God who was invisible, he saw God by faith. His focus was always forward. God called him to move forward. That's exactly what he did. He moved forward with what God wanted him to do. And because of that, he got to see God work because he was willing to trust God and to follow God forward. That comes to the third choice. A choice we always make along the path of faith. Along the journey that we take with God we make this choice consistently. By faith choose to obey always. Choose to obey always. Which I have to tell you once you've got courage built in and perseverance built in to your faith and to your your lifestyle of faith. Once you've let go of the things of Egypt and you're ready to follow Christ anywhere Obeying always is not nearly the trial or the struggle that you think it might be. Look at what Moses did. Moses instituted. That's what we read. He instituted. The term means he took action immediately. As soon as God told him to institute and implement the Passover, that's what he did. But notice what God was doing in the life of Moses. That Moses did not foresee, but God did. God used Moses to foreshadow the coming of Christ. The very God Moses was following out of Egypt. The very God Moses was trusting for what he could not see now could use Moses and his obedience to be part of the greater history, the greater legacy, the greater work of God. As we read it, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. You remember the story. God told Moses to tell the Israelites uh, to sacrifice a lamb and to spread the blood over the doorpost. And the angel of death would pass them he foreshadowed the coming of Christ in which Christ died on the cross shed his blood for you to save you from sin and from death when you trust him as your savior that's why the Bible teaches that Jesus is the final lamb of God we don't need another sacrifice he's the one complete and absolute sacrifice of God for all people who will trust him as John said he's the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world when you trust him as your savior Moses' actions, obedience, foreshadowed that. Then also he led the people out of Egypt. The exodus itself foreshadowed the coming of Christ because when you trust Christ as your Savior, that's your exodus out of sin and death. Uh, The exodus out of Egypt foreshadowed the coming of Christ and every person who would give their lives to Christ and trust his death and his resurrection, we have our exodus. We have our liberation. We have our liberty. We're free from sin and from death. We're truly free from Egypt and all that that means. And we can faithfully live for Christ. How do we know that? Why did that even happen? It happened because Moses obeyed. He instituted the Passover. Then he led the people of God out of Egypt. And when he did, where did he lead them to? Well, he led them to the Red Sea. He led them all to that moment. When they truly had to wonder, and they did, and they griped, and they complained, Moses, why did you bring us through this place? We've got the army of Egypt behind us, and we've got an impassable sea in front of us. What are we supposed to do? Moses had experience in trusting God for what he could not see. But I have to confess, at that moment, he might have been a little surprised. Well, God, we've got the army behind us. We've got an impassable sea in front of us. But you knew about this, didn't you? Didn't you? God, you knew this day would come. From the moment I decided to no longer live as an Egyptian in Egypt and the moment that followed when I trusted you to move me forward in faith. And every time I obeyed what you wanted me to do, God, you knew that I would show up here, didn't you? Because God wants us to see what only God can do. And when you're standing in front of the Red Sea with the army behind you, but you got there by faith, remember, God knew. God knew this is where you would show up. And he wanted you to see him work in a way that only he could and do what only he could do. I love what the book of Hebrews says in summarizing that moment. They walked across on dry ground. That was the miracle. They walked across on dry ground. They got to the other side, and here come the Egyptians. They're going to follow them through. And in a very concise, almost humorous way, the book of Hebrews says, Well, they all died. Because they were still Egyptians clinging to Egypt. But Moses and the people of God were following him. By faith. Never forget. Never forget. Had Moses' parents not started at all, had they not decided in the first place to choose to trust God for what they could not see and to stand apart? Had Moses not followed his legacy of faith, to choose to trust Christ, to stand apart, to choose to trust God To move forward from there. And to choose by faith to obey always. Had he not done those things in the first place, he never would have been standing in front of the Red Sea to watch the waters part. Trust God. Trust God. He knows what he's doing. I said a little while ago at the beginning of the service, sign up for the golf tournament. You golfers? I'm not a golfer. I could connect after six or seven swings, but I'm not, I'm not all that much of a golfer, really. But some of you guys and ladies are, you're golfers. Get out there and sign up for that. Uh, a little over a week ago, we uh, had uh, Brother Dick Dunteman's homegoing celebration. He's with Jesus now. And he was an avid golfer, loved golf. And it reminded me that, that many of us, like Dick, understand that, that golf, golf itself is kind of a metaphor. For life, isn't it? That's why Arnold Palmer once said that golf is deceptively easy and endlessly complex. It's a series of choices, and it requires strategy. And and all along the way, you're going to have obstacles. You're going to have trees and sand traps, water and dirt. You're going to have high places and low places. And every single time you hit the ball, you're making a choice. You're making a decision. But the thing is, for every golfer, we know that those decisions lead to an outcome. They lead to a kind of reward. If you persevere, if you stay with it, if you don't give up and break your clubs, there's a flag out there. There's a high place. There's a hole. You're going to finish, God willing. You're going to finish, and there's an outcome. There's a reward. In a very real way, for all of us, all human beings, life is a series of choices. But, but the difference between the believer in Christ, the follower of Christ, and, and the person who's not a Christian and doesn't follow Christ, is for them that series of choices, while it seem, seems strategic, is actually fairly random. And their problem is, they don't really know what the goal is. They don't really know where they're going. They just hope it all works out. But the believer in Christ knows that God has already set the plan, that you never deviate from his plan, even though there might be obstacles, trees, shrubs, water, sand traps, whatever gets in the way. There's also going to be high places, great swings, good hits, victories along the way. Even so, we all have a destination. We all have a reward. We're not finished yet. We're not home yet. Trust the one you cannot see for what you cannot see, and watch how he'll work in your life this morning as we go into a time of response uh, first of all I want to speak to you believers in Christ here and at home it's a very simple question what's your next choice what's your next choice maybe you found yourself in Moses life because the truth is you've been trying to say you're not living as an Egyptian in Egypt you're living as a Christian but the truth is you still pretty much practice the values of the Egyptians even though you call yourself a Christian. You haven't set yourself apart yet. You haven't surrendered yourself completely to whatever God wants. Or or it could be God is calling you forward, moving you forward, and you're afraid. You don't have courage right now. You're not sure what you'll have to persevere, or maybe you're in that place of perseverance right now. my, My point is, will you choose today to trust him? Will this next choice you make be a choice of faith or the choice to pull away, to stay where you are? What will you choose? Will it be a choice to obey what he's asking you to do? And you know what it is. God's put it in front of you. Will you choose by faith to trust him for what you cannot see? And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior here or at home, listen, that's your first choice of faith. The first thing you must do is decide in faith to follow Christ. And you know who you are because God witnesses this to your spirit all the time. You have never trusted Christ as your savior will you make that choice today and let that lead to you finding god's plan as you choose to trust christ every day you choose to obey him you choose to follow christ and find out what his plan is for you he's with you all along the way when you trust him let's pray together heavenly father in this room and at home god there are those believers today who would say my next choice needs to be to take that next step of faith. My next choice needs to be to leave Egypt behind. My next choice needs to be to stop being afraid and to move forward with you. My next choice needs to be to trust you, God, for what I cannot see. God, how I pray you would cultivate that faith in all of us. You would help us to make those decisions, those choices, Father, that teach us to grow and to build in faith. And Father, I pray for our needs and burdens right now, God, because I know sometimes That choice can be tough. We look at our circumstances, we're not sure what to do. We look at our circumstances, we're not sure what comes next. We're afraid. God, put our focus on you. You know what the outcome is. Help us to trust you for what we cannot see. And Father, I know that in this room and at home, there's at least one that's never taken that first step of faith and trusted Christ as their Lord and their Savior. I pray today they would do just that, God. I pray today, Father, that they would pray this prayer with me, that I pray out loud, let them pray it in their hearts. God, you know who they are. You're urging them even now, Father, to trust Christ for the very first time, to take that step of faith and obedience in Christ. So, Father, I pray this prayer out loud and ask God you do a work in the lives of uh, whoever is in here, whoever's at home, that would trust Jesus for the very first time. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I can't save myself. Jesus, I've been trying to be good. I've been trying to be religious, but nothing's changed. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, that you shed your blood on the cross for my sins, and that you're alive today because the Father has raised you from the grave to give me eternal life. So dear Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I commit my life to Christ today. Come into my life, come into my heart. Forgive me, cleanse me, make me a new creature in Christ. And from this point forward, I will follow Christ. God, for all of us, I know there are those decisions that we still need to make. Father, I pray you would nurture our faith, strengthen our faith, especially if we're on hard times right now. Help us, God, in all things to trust Christ for whatever comes next, God, to trust you for what we cannot see. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.